Two movies enter, one movie leaves as we watch two new in towns. One, a Renee Zellweger romantic comedy with Harry Connick Jr. The second, a comedy special starring John Mulaney. All on today's There Can Be Only One Podcast. Well, maybe when a baby Saturday night, I had my hair pile and the baby just looks so right. Welcome to the There Can Be Only One podcast where we watch two movies with the same title. Determine if one of those movies, if not both of these movies, have to change their title because they're stupid titles. And we're going to come up with such better titles. My name is Robert Rowe and joining me today is... Herman Omega Prime Davis. This one has about as much of a personal experience to me, not necessarily to... Because I don't think Herman's seen either one of these beforehand. No, I did not. No. Um, this, this one... Uh, has been on the table for a while because before we even started the podcast, there was already a mix-up for this thing because I, I was a huge fan, still am, of John Mulaney. It isn't like he passed or I've moved on from his comedy. Uh, enough so to whenever, when, when you'd ask for a Christmas present or a birthday present, I put on my list, on Amazon, mind you, not mm-hmm. just like gave them a list. <laughs> I went on Amazon and marked certain things as, as you should buy this for me. And my parents, not knowing how Amazon works, printed out the wish list mm-hmm. and handed it to a person that worked at a DVD store. So, like, at a Best Buy or an FYE, this was when that was around. Yeah. Like, we don't have those anymore. You can't print it out and go somewhere around like here. Like, map quests. You might be able to go to that place off of government. That's about it. And he'd still look at you funny because he's like, well, you just buy these on Amazon. I don't know why. Yeah. No, no. You take care of this now. I need this to me right now. He's like, we well, can get it in a couple of days. Do you need it immediately? So uh, they had it, and all they saw in there was New in Town. And they wrapped it for me, and I got it, and I bursted out laughing, not knowing that there was a second New in Town that existed, and it was this Renee Zellweger, Harry Connick Jr. movie. Which we were able to return, and I was able to get the comedy special. Because I do own that on DVD, mm-hmm. but I do not own the Renee Zellweger film. Five years later, now we are in the future. It might be even further. I don't know when that special came out. Okay. Maybe. I have subscribed to Hulu, among other things. Trying to get as far away from cable as possible. Welcome to the club. Yes, uh, because uh, I do not know where my remote is at this point. <laughs> It has gotten so bad that there are things on my DVR that have not been watched because the remote is MIA. It is in this house. It has not been removed anywhere from this house. Wait till you start scrolling through all your subscriptions and be like, damn, I wanted to watch that, but I forgot. No, I, it doesn't matter. Like There's seasons that have started and weren't taped. And uh, just, I, I guess I'm not watching the second season of Atlanta. That's basically what's happening. I'll wait until the whole season pops up on one of these services, and then I'll watch it then. Yeah. That, that, that's perfectly fine. Nobody watches TV just so they could talk about it at their work the next day. I'll just watch whatever's available to me. So uh, going, I, I've now uh, decided to go through MoviePass to go into theaters to watch movies and subscribe to Hulu, which is another service that uh, mainly specializes in TV shows. But they do have movies and documentaries. They have plenty of documentaries that were at various festivals and I tried showing my parents the Becoming Bond one, the one about George Lazenby. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a great documentary. It, it, if, you, if you haven't seen it, it's very much like um, if you've watched any of the drunk history things mm-hmm. where they let George Lazenby talk and they get actors to reenact all of his scenes. 
And it's the same people that did the Dana Carvey show documentary. So there's actually moments when they use, like, uh, Drew, uh, Dana Carvey to come out uh, as, like, I don't know why I was saying Drew Carvey. <laughs> they get Dana Carvey dressed up as uh, Johnny Carson uh, doing an interview with the fake George Lazenby. Because <laughs> at the time, he had gone on uh, uh, Carson and uh, was telling about why he wasn't going to be the next Bond. Uh, do you know a lot about that documentary or George Lazenby himself? Not really, no. I think I, the only thing that came up was when um, I think he took the role because they offered the Burt Reynolds and Burt Reynolds turned it down. Okay. No. What had happened was this was actually in between Sean Connery's. Like he had done probably Thunderball was right after that, maybe from Russia with Love, and he was done, and they were looking for another person to play it. He, he, he just got it on a whim. They, they go through in detail explaining he had never had an acting job before, and he was a male model. From Australia, and he was, and he sold used cars when he was over there. So he, uh, he had he just lucked into becoming a male model, and he just had enough bravado and confidence that it landed him the James Bond job. They were going to sign him to a six picture deal, including a million dollar bonus, and he turned it down because it involved him becoming Bond for the rest of the time. Like everybody else that becomes Bond, they don't do anything else; they're just James Bond, and he didn't like that, so he left it. And then they got James, and then they got Sean Connery to be James Bond after that uh, for one more time with Diamonds Are Forever. So. Okay, Man. so yeah, and, and he's not it is if you look at IMDb, he, he has very he's scattered amounts of acting roles after that. He he did not do much uh, after this movie and spent a lot more time doing other things. So and it, it isn't like he isn't a success. It sounded like he did fine otherwise, but he he's not James Bond, and he's considered like. The man that could have been James Bond that turned it down sort of thing. And it's a really interesting documentary because it plays like a movie. It explains his life and how he actually made it into England. It's really – I know this this is not the podcast to recommend oh, no. <laughs> that, that sort of thing. But but it's one of the reasons why you should get Hulu, uh, <laughs> among other things. Hulu, yeah. the best service online or offline. I don't think that's their slogan. But anyway, no, they had New in Town. They had the Renee Zellweger New in Town, which means – you don't have to pay two ninety nine on YouTube to buy it if you already have a subscription to Hulu. Yay! Yeah. Which is what happened. And Herman came in and said, "Hey, I've seen that Lucky Seven movie or seven. Was that what was that what they're <laughs> called? Seven Lucky Kids. Se- it's seven. It's not Seven Lucky Kids. It's like it's like Lucky Seven. It's Lucky Seven. Yeah. And I was like, we're not watching that yet. Okay. <laughs> so you're gonna have to wait another month before we watch both of those movies. We're gonna watch the new in town films." And the first one we watched was the Renee Zellweger, Harry Connick Jr. one, because uh, considering I've seen the, that special from John Mulaney like dozens of times, this one was probably not going to be as favorable to me. So we're going to have a trailer for this, because I don't know if we'll have a trailer for the other one, starting right now. The plant's losing money. Who's going to handle this? I can do it. Joan, book Lucy to Minnesota this weekend. Minnesota? What is that? We call that snow deer. How bad can it be? Holy mother! When her company needed to reorganize, Lucy was right for the job. Management at Monk Foods has sent me here to usher in a new phase. (laughs) If you have a problem with me, you should just come out with it. Okay? She seems nice enough. I doubt she lasts a week, poor thing. But around here... It's official. The lake's frozen up to drive on. <gasps> no 
we. Yes, we. They do things differently. This is where you'll be staying. Want me to go over the fireplace? I'm a city girl, but I know how to light a fire. <laughs> Where's the, uh, the switch? Ooh, I'm stranded in this frozen wasteland. There's someone that I want you to meet. This is Ted Mitchell. Ted, you live around here? Yeah, I moved up here 10 years ago. Why? Excuse me? Oh, dear. This January... Are you trying to set me up? I will not get personally attached to this town or anybody in it. She may not be where she expected. Watch the hand. You know, you're not so bad when you're unconscious. Here we're back, everybody. Yes, now you can say it. Perfect. Yes, I got it. All right. And, and this movie uh, looks like, um, if, if you've never heard of it, Congrats, because not a lot of people have heard of it either. Yeah. Uh, this is very much a fly-under-the-radar sort of film, mainly because it looks like something that would play on the Hallmark Channel. Yes. like This is a very formulaic movie that you would see, and maybe not as saccharine as you would have on there. Like It isn't as happy-go-lucky as a normal Hallmark film, but it definitely plays into a small-town vibe, and in this small town, it's Minnesota. And maybe maybe Southern is a better sell to a lot of people instead of Midwest. There aren't a ton of small town Midwest films out there. It's usually think, Southern when they go small town, right? I think, the, I, think I would just parody uh, Midwest, Northern towns a lot worse than they parody Southern towns. Like, I think they, they, they just make, to me, they try to make too much fun of the home. Um, the small market towns, the right. fly, the flyover states—that's what they call them, the flyover right. states. Right, but but we have their flyover states that they use all the time mm-hmm. as the small towns, and that's the southern stuff. You have your yeah. steel magnolias, you have your Doc Hollywoods, you have uh, uh, plenty. Uh, if you're going yokel, that's the way to go. Sweet but, Home Alabama. Yes, yeah. Anything to show like out of big city. When it's not big city, they go. Maybe it's just easier to film. In Southern, because mm-hmm. a lot of this film t- takes place in a in the frozen tundra of the North, and they definitely kept it around that season. Like she shows up right before Thanksgiving, and leaves probably right before it melts. They mm-hmm. kept it uh, they kept it cold as as hell there, and of course she's from the big city. She's from the big city in Miami, Miami, so she doesn't even have any winter wear. Yeah. And she shows up there. So so we have Renee Zellweger uh, instead of just using pronouns here. Okay. We have Renee Zellweger. She's that hot new shot yeah. for this company. She's uh, wanting to get... Uh, the VP. Yeah, that's like her big goal. As most women are in movies like this, they are uh, driven yet have no family. They have no connection mm-hmm. toward anything else other than being a successful person and trying to show the corporate world that uh, you can have everything and sort of thing. And so uh, they're looking to uh, change up one of these small-time factories to sell these energy bars that they're that they're looking to produce, and she's like, uh, "Well, she doesn't volunteer. Someone volunteers for her because this is going to be a long term project." Mm-hmm. And they figured, "Hey, she's got no family. Yeah, <laughs> nobody. Plus, nobody. Think about it. Nobody wants her. to. Nobody yeah. wants to leave Miami to go to a no a no name town in uh, Minnesota. There's so many serial killers in Miami. Yeah." That's if you've watched Dexter, he kills so many people in Miami. It's worse than like uh, Maine. Is it Maine where Murder She Wrote takes place in? 
It's some small town in in the Northeast. Yeah. It, it, Got those Connecticut or something. Yeah, Connecticut's fine. Yeah. They have a lot of serial killers there, too. And Dex is making a remake, I heard. Are they? Yeah. The, the, are you talking about the Octavia Spencer one? Because it has not uh, seen the light of day. That one was a couple years ago when they no, were talking about her. I'm talking about Michael C. Hall. He's coming back. As as Angela, uh, <laughs> as Jessica Fletcher? No. you. Saw, that would be great. No, the murder of no, you talking about was the one with uh, Jill Scott. Right. I think. Is there no Octavia Spencer? Was, Octavia Spencer. That's really? what. That's who they had uh, uh, cast for the Jessica Fletcher role. But mm. it has since been. Everybody was like, "That's not. That's not my murder. She wrote. Yeah. I don't want to watch that. That sort of thing. Okay. Because people are uh, stingy about that sort of thing. Plus, she's still alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Angela and, Bear is still alive. Yeah. So it it it, it, it feels like you're treading on uh, sacred ground for a show that. Not a lot of people go back and revisit. Although my parents own at least eight seasons of of Murder She Wrote, why, if not more. Why do Hollywood? I mean, I know I'm about to get off the subject. Why do Hollywood? What do you do think that? we've been doing? <laughs> why do Hollywood do that? I mean, it's a good it's a good theory. You don't got to have that name. You can name it something else and still have the same uh, idea or premiere of the same show. Because my kids, they watch a lot of mystery shows that. That wasn't around when I was coming up, like uh, Mi- uh, Murdoch Mysteries, uh, you know, uh, Murder in Paradise. I mean, and they, they basically the same shows that I watched with Matlock or Murder, She Wrote. Same shows. Ooh, who would Different. be Matlock these days? Ooh. Who, who, could, who could be that? Do you think they do Idris Elba as Matlock and everybody go nuts? they go, like, no, wait. Oh, it's Idris Elba. Okay. Well, he's, <laughs> he's playing Luther, so I guess that's something similar. Right. The thing that television usually does better than movies is you could sell a TV show on an actor, like somebody that they pulled in from the movies. It's like pulling someone into a D-League and convincing them to play European basketball. You know, like when Stefan Marbury was just killing it in China because he was such a big deal over here. Yeah. But, you know, once you, because he was, what, only like 6'1", and he, a lot of his skill dealt with agility that went away when he became 25 and mm-hmm. tore a couple of ACLs sort of thing. Yeah. Like, he could still shoot the long ball, but he, he can shake anybody, any of the new people, so he's like, off to China I go. China is basically TV for stars, is what's happening. They can get, they can get big names, uh, folks to come out there to have their own show. In fact, it's it's like when you hear like someone has a residency in in Vegas, like a musician. Like they just recently announced Blink One Eighty Two is going yeah. to perform out in Vegas. They're not going anywhere. You come to them now. They're going to get a pretty penny, but you're now living in Vegas. Yeah, that's like, that's yeah, basically Brit- TV. Yeah, Britney Spears, Jennifer, um, Jen- Jennifer Lawrence. Lopez? Yes. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> the singer. The one. J Lo. I don't know. Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Yeah, they yeah, Tony I was Breson. letting you struggle. Yeah, Tony Breston. They all basically was like big music stars, touring the world and everything. Then next thing you know, they wind up in Vegas. That's right. Staying at the Hilton Flamingo or whatever. Right, right, right. So yeah, that's basically what happens when you become T V. And, mm-hmm. and and it can even sink lower. Like there's a lower bar now set because T V is not a low bar. The lower bar is the made for T V movies. And those only exist in like Hallmark that are successful. They're so successful that they can show a movie a different movie a day that's all related to like Christmas. Like leading up to Christmas. You know like how like the river plays nothing but music? The yeah. Hallmark channel plays nothing but Christmas movies during that time. And they're all the sappiest pieces of shit you have ever seen. And I'm not calling New in Town that same sappy 
crap, but it's it's that same formula. It is. It's a little bit better because I don't do I do not watch romantic comedies no more. One, the good thing about uh, not being married no more and mm-hmm. not uh, currently dating nobody is I don't got to... <laughs> The, I don't got the only a, good thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't got to suffer through romantic comedies no more. And trust me, in my in my hey, I used to watch a lot of romantic comedies. My ex wife, she's still all into Lifetime movies. Right, I mean, still into it. So, uh, oh, Lifetime's even worse. That's yeah. not even romantic comedies. That's like getting into oh, uh, cycle. Uh, and shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like this woman now wants your baby. Yeah, t- <laughs> Tyler sort of. Perry uh, shit. Speaking of, speaking of that. Do you think the director should do what Tyler Perry do? Because this dude put his name on every fucking thing. Like, do he really got to put his name on acrimony? Like, well, he, you don't have Medea out there, so it confuses audiences whenever you see that they're just pushing it because it. I mean, it, it's just a. It's a very simple story. It's like what Fatal Attraction. Yeah, that's what they're going for. Kinda. I mean, what do you think Spielberg would have to do that with all his movies? Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, The Pulse. You know, I'm just saying, like, why do they don't do it like that? They don't put it on the movie, but you certainly know going in what you're watching is a Steven Spielberg movie. Uh, People uh, that go into Ready Player One know what they're getting themselves into. They're not, they're not, they don't have to say Steven Spielberg uh, presents or something. Usually when they throw that presents in there, that means they're just like a producer or whatever. Like what they did with Nightmare Before Christmas, where it says Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. He didn't direct it, Mm -hmm. he just was like saying, hey, I really like this. And I'm a producer, so I'm going to make this better, even though that I didn't do anything. So it is weird when the person's a writer-director, if not in the movie, they have to throw their name in it on the on the, the title. Like what they did for the guy who did uh, Precious wasn't the next film he did. They Lee threw, Daniels? Yeah, didn't Lee Daniels do yeah. something like, was it The Butler or whatever? The Butler, 12 Years a Slave. Oh, he did. Uh, he wasn't twelve years a slave. Oh, that's Steve McQueen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I, I guess you got to do that for those guys because maybe they don't get enough promotion. Because mm-hmm. I guess, I guess their idea is like we know people follow them. They follow Tyler Perry. They have like a, a, a what, what's the word I'm looking for? A niche crowd. Yes. And like Spielberg, he don't have a niche crowd. Everybody loves Spielberg. Not everybody like Tyler Perry or Lee Daniel works. You know. <laughs> and they should. Because it's just like this movie. Um, if you say so. Uh, I, I never watched The Butler. Fuck The Butler. Okay, fair okay. enough. Uh, but uh, no, this romantic comedy was actually pretty... Uh, not, I, I don't want to overhype it. Please, people, I'm not overhyping it. It's on it, It's it, on Hulu. Go it, watch it. It has some the chuckles. Best, the best online service you could ever experience. Are they paying you, Robert? Do you have a... Robert, no! Do you, do you have a special code that you need them to use? Hey, look, I'm just T-C-B-O-O. saying... T-C-B-O-O? I don't know if they gave this to everybody, but I got a month free before <laughs> I have to actually pay to get Hulu. Right. That's how awesome I am. Yeah, TCBO. <laughs> when y'all go to right. Hulu and sign up, make sure y'all put in, there could be only one podcast. Yes. T-C-B-O-O. TC Boo is the way is the easy way, easy way to there think of it. Right. Yeah, uh, presented by Tyler Perry. Right. But um, <laughs> no, this movie was pretty uh, funny in some spots. You know, it had me chuckling a little bit. You know, it, it, I, I enjoyed Renee Zellweger and Harry Connick Jr. In this so movie. we'll we'll describe uh, briefly what this is about. It's very formulaic. She goes to this small Minnesota town. Everybody acts very Minnesotan. Like everybody has that accent slapped on them, except for. The local hunky dude, who is uh, Harry Conning Jr., who they, they wrote in that he's from the South, so he doesn't have to slap on that ridiculous accent like everybody in Fargo. You know, like, they don't have a single person in Fargo that doesn't drop that accent down. So you have, uh, you have Renee Zellweger, who's that hotshot from Miami. Everybody is expecting to get fired. 
Uh, it turns out their premonitions were correct, except because she was staying with somebody who had the whole time was uh, telling them about this sweet tapioca recipe that she had that she wants uh, that that like everybody begs for. She decides that when the health bar doesn't go off as well as it does, that they were going to go ahead and do a health tapioca thing instead. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it pretty much works itself out from there. So she she uh, warms to the, the the small town. The small town warms to her, even though it's so cold outside. Mm. And, it's so cold outside. Yeah, and then eventually uh, everything becomes hunky-dory sort of thing. And there's uh, little elements that they throw in otherwise. Nothing that feels too out of place. The, the funnier tidbit about this is J.K. Simmons is in this movie, and he plays the main foreman of the uh, the the uh, manufacturing group, and he looks heavy, heavier than you normally see J.K. Simmons, and you think he's wearing a suit? Nope. He totally Christian bailed this thing. He made himself Fatty McFatterson in order for this to work. Well, this was before he won his awards and got his... Um his prestige, so I guess he still was like Do you think trying he, to prove, his, prove, prove himself as a work, you know, prove his word as an actor. You think he slacks now? Like he's like, ugh, I got an Oscar, I can do whatever the hell I want. Eh, we'll see. I don't think so. Right now, <laughs> like, we'll like this is just a, a possible. You're just you're just priming the pump just in case he decides to go I, off I and do whatever noticed, the hell he wants. I just noticed that people after two or three years after winning their Oscars, they um, they fade into obscurity. Oh, he's doing fine. Yeah, he's doing fine. I mean, but you know, some people he's like... He's fucking Commissioner Gordon, man. Yeah. He's him, and he's J. Jonah Jameson. You don't get too many guys that make that he's crossover. Repra- he re- he reprising that role? No, but you don't oh, okay. see too many people that have played a DC character uh-huh. jump to another movie and play another character, an iconic character that has been played a couple of times before. You don't see that very often. It's almost like what Josh Brolin's doing in real time, where he's now Cable... And he's also Thanos. Like yeah. I know it's the same universe. And all. I know, but that's just crazy, right there. It's it's great. Like for yeah. somebody to pull that shit off, it, mm-hmm. it's it, that's the dream. You're living it. Um, even though now they're reaching characters where it's tough to say in an interview, like I admired this character, and it feels like a privilege to be playing them. You know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You can't have that stock answer for like somebody like when uh, Brie Larson says that she's Captain Marvel. She can't say, "Oh, I wear that character." When I was a child, and I said I wanted to be that, it's like bullshit. Especially, Nobody read any of that. Especially when she said she would enjoy playing Envy Adams. Amy Adams? Oh, you Envy mean, Adams. Oh, is that the name of the the uh, Captain Marvel? Person? No, Envy from uh, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, what? Who? Envy Adams. Who is this? It's from Scott Pilgrim. Right. She played Envy. But uh, you're Brie not. Lawson. You're making less sense here. Brie uh, Lawson. She played Envy Adams. Yes, but you're just saying words over and over again. That this that is, don't make you, no it, sense. You have to further explain why why you saw like oh. an interview where she said this or yeah. saying yeah she said she enjoyed that was probably her best role ever. Right. That's yes. fine. Not Captain Marvel. Right. So who cares? <laughs> Envy. Yes, you love Scott Pilgrim. Yes. We know that. Okay. There is no other movie called Scott Pilgrim. We'll never be able to talk about it on this podcast. Well, I'm okay? trying to bring it up some kind of way. Edgar Wright. Uh, all right, fine. Whatever. It almost sounded like you said Amy Adams anyway. So. I did. You know, <laughs> it's that New Orleans accent. All right. So uh, the, the, the only issue, of course, that we care about with these films anyway is, is it should be that title, New in Town. Is that something that, that rings true for this movie? And uh, without even uh, considering the next film... This was an easy, like, oh, we're definitely replacing the title of this movie. Mm-hmm. Because 
New in Town is not helping this film out one bit. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're not you don't need to hit a dead on what's happening here where you have someone going to a small town in Minnesota or you don't have to reference a small town or anything like do some stupid pun about it. But damn it if they don't mention nothing but pe- tapioca the entire fucking time in this movie. Mm-hmm. So why don't they have a title that has something to do with the tapioca? Not directly, but since this lady who's been the assistant, I don't remember her name. She's the she's Vincent D'Onofrio's wife in mm-hmm. Men in Black. That's all I can remember mm-hmm. about her. She's the one that tells everybody about the Edgar suit. And she may have spent a spell on uh, Saturday Night Live, but that's about it. But she mentions, like, I'm never going to give away my secret ingredients on this yeah. or my secret recipe. Those are the, the words that she constantly talks about this. So uh, say, getting... no, say no more, Robert. Yeah, I okay. know where you're going with this. <laughs> All right. So the Robert name of this is Scott movie... Pilgrim versus the no, World. So. You want the name of the movie to be Carpet Downsizing. Say yeah. no more. I got it. Carpet Downsizing Cause, it is. Because downsizing works so well for that other film <laughs> that came out earlier this year. <laughs> yes. We might as well just play off it like this is some Indian reboot of it and everybody will buy it assuming that they bought the matt damon classic Mm -hmm. and and confusing even more people so why isn't this called secret ingredient like this is like it's it implies so many different things you never find out what's in the tapioca but if it wasn't for renee zellweger coming to this small town if it wasn't for her will she will they won't they relationship with harry connick jr where they hate each other at first and you're like oh no they'll never get together because when hot people hate each other they never actually make it out and become like happily ever after that never happens yeah and then and then when they finally get everything that works together this small town can do attitude Mm -hmm. this wonderful product this new line of food that people are enjoying well that's your secret ingredient love Love, love for corporate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're making them so much money. Woohoo! You know what? You just made a point right there. I didn't think about though, but but just so I, before I go on to that tangent, what was the title you you suggested again? Because I don't think the people got that. Secret ingredients. Secret, mm-hmm. secret ingredients. Right mm-hmm. now, Renee Zagara character. You know, she never. That was her first time in town. But Harry Connick Jr. character had been in the town for quite a long time now, right? Right. And he's definitely, you know. Probably one of the best look good looking men in town. Probably. So because he's Harry Connick Jr. Yes. Yeah. So and the town of, and the town has maybe forty other people in it. Yeah. Yes. So none of the females in the town basically put him on lock. Well, he had a wife. I know. But at she some died. point, because he has a child, uh, and I might not have been listening where they mentioned yeah, the tragic she died, backstory. She, died, uh, she had a heart a heart condition. That's great. Where they yeah. where they decide to say like she didn't leave him like. He, she had to end it in order for him to have yeah. the, the this to to exist. Yes, yes, there was something medically wrong with her that caused him, and maybe he just never he was waiting for the right person to fall in love well, with. We know from watching a lot of movies, yes, that's where we get all the information from from watching movies. That as soon as the hot guy wife passed away, the woman at the funeral are moving into the house. They are being in casserole, meatloaf, whatever. They could find that this dude is going to eat. They're bringing it, and they're not leaving that house. Okay. So you mean to tell me a woman didn't put him on lock that whole time that he was a uh, You don't know how many women he's killed. Oh. Like, okay. maybe that wasn't the first one. Yeah. yeah. And and you you don't know. Like, like my grandfather, <laughs> who went through three women. <laughs> it's one of those things that I, I used to joke about a lot because he... Like uh, he had his first wife uh, for a very long time, and then because he was not necessarily in a nursing home, he was in one of those planned communities that they have over in Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. and he would find uh, he he got married again. She died, 
and then he started dating again. Didn't even get to the married part. She died. And the whole time we're like, holy shit, what's he doing? <laughs> well, how is he just, like, at, there was a certain point where it was like, he went like, enough. I am done ruining women's lives. <laughs> so you don't know if this is what was happening with Harry Connick Jr. like this whole time. But his secret plan, and we just didn't know this, is he's looking to kill off corporate. So he's working from the inside on this. Mm. We didn't see what happens afterwards when they had the big tapioca empire that they've created at this small town. Like, she, it dies of a heart condition. I'm using air quotes. Heart condition. And he's like, oh, no. I guess the company belongs to us now. And then there's like, like music going. So that's exactly what happens. Yes. Harry Connick Jr. is Dexter in this small town. He's killing wives in this case. Oh, that's more like a Bluebeard thing. So, yeah, he's Bluebeard. Yeah, there you go. Okay, there you go. Movie tie-in. All right, so so let's now talk about the second movie. Uh, This is the John Mulaney special that I've had. Herman has never even heard of John Mulaney before this point. Mm -hmm. And we might just include, like, one of his jokes. I think the one that probably didn't hold up. We're going to include... This will be the joke about Ocean's Eleven, but with women, because there is now Ocean's Eight coming out. <laughs> right? Now. My girlfriend's a female, and then I had all these friends that are female. So when I started dating her, I was like, oh, great, they'll all get along. No. <laughs> Not even a little at the beginning. I don't want to make any generalizations about women because I don't know shit about women, but this is one thing I've noticed in my own personal experience is that I think women can be friends with each other, but I think it can be tricky sometimes when you try and force women to hang out with each other. I think that sometimes doesn't work. Like, I don't think, like, you could never put together a heist of women. Does that make sense? Like, Ocean's Eleven with women wouldn't work because two would keep breaking off to talk shit about the other nine. Or not even talk shit. Just say weird, passive-aggressive things while they break into the casino. Just be like, "Ah, oh, I love how you just wear anything. <laughs> we're back, everybody. You were going way too quick on that. I need, I need space. <laughs> yeah, I do that sometimes. Jeez, but that was a good joke, man. I don't care what nobody <laughs> said. That was a good joke. I, I laughed at that part because I understand what he was coming back. Right, but they're making Ocean's Eight words. now. It's like yeah. he's having to eat his words on this because uh, Hollywood doesn't know what to do when you've run into that that point. Mm-hmm. And they're using eight because they want to work their way up to to, yeah. to eleven. So they have eight. But nine, I bet 10. you that joke is going to be in Ocean Eight. I, I know that joke is going. Some, it should be. That's some formula joke is going to be in Ocean Eight. But go ahead with yeah, your, sure. We're talking about this movie. Right. John Mulaney, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a stand-up special. This is the third stand-up special we've done. The previous two have been both Eddie Murphy films. So mm-hmm. uh, those were like early to mid-80s. Uh, these were ones that maybe have not held up as well as some of the other ones. Just because comedy is a very tricky thing to keep people's attention. It'll mm-hmm. be one of those things that whenever we show, as we've talked about in the past with comedy, when we show younger generations what we thought was funny, they're just going to look at us and and say you well, you don't know understand what funny is. Yeah, we did that with we did that with old generation with uh, some like it hot. You yes. Know? Uh, so this one uh, came out uh, five five or so years ago. He's had uh, uh, a total of three specials. Another one's coming out on Netflix May first. He's uh, actually going to be on SNL on April fourteenth. So this is this is like a good spot. He. Um, the thing about John Mulaney, if you don't know his background, he he uh, he was a hot stand-up comedian immediately, like when he started doing this stuff. Uh, ended up doing a special called The Other Half, 
and then he did one called New in Town, and it caused people to go like, well, you need your own TV show. He actually was writing for SNL for six years as well. If you ever saw any of the Stefan bits, mm-hmm. he wrote those and was doing whatever he could to make Bill Hader break by writing new jokes in during the performance. So if he breaks, it's because he's reading a new joke. Like, they, they practice it one way, and then Mulaney would change it up to try to get him to break every time. So uh, uh, he, uh, he des- they decided to have his own TV show. It had Nassim Petteron on it, and it had a couple other familiar p- faces. It lasted about 10, 12 episodes because they were trying the, the, uh, the Seinfeld formula with it. They even had, like, an audience laugh track with it. And it did not work. Oh, they had uh, Martin Short on it as well. So, like, they had a decent cast in it. They were investing a lot of money into it, and it went over poorly with audiences. It's kind of funny you say they tried a Seinfeld angle because watching the stand-up special kind of reminded me of Seinfeld a little bit with some of his uh, mannerism. I could see that Seinfeld was a influence of his. Yes, he, uh, he, he basically went back down to the minor leagues when that happened mm-hmm. and worked his way back up to where we, we see him now. Like it, it did not work. He, he, uh, he, he had to recover from this. So he's made a the the third special he made was called the Comeback Kid. So mm-hmm. that that's that's how much he realized. Like, oh shit, this did not work. And it's a shame because he is one of those comedians that not only embraces that old school style, mm-hmm. but he has his own way of delivery that works specifically enough for him that when you see other comedians do it, you know that they're ripping off John Mulaney. When I hear other comedians using that style when I go to open mics, I'm like, well, you've just watched John Mulaney a bunch. Do you do it sometimes? Because I, I, you know, one part of his, like, his, uh, whoa, that, I, you don't do that a couple of times. <laughs> whoa. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Rob, whoa, Ralph, just yeah. scaring up kids. <laughs> No, but uh, he shouldn't feel bad about that because a lot of stand-up uh, comedy comedians, they fell on the sitcom shows like Kevin Hart. A lot of people don't realize he had a failed sitcom. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what the name of it was. That's how bad it was. And he went, then he came out with a horrible movie called Soul Plane. And, but now look at him now on top of the world talking about he's going to be the first billionaire comedian. Right, right. You know, talking a lot of shit now. Well, he he stuck to comedy, and that's if or somebody that's like into comedy, mm-hmm. and that may have been like the tragic falling of say like Eddie Murphy out of out of the spotlight when he started being successful in movies. He dropped comedy like that. Yeah, he didn't he want to do stand up at all, so he just went. He, he made so much with like Shrek. So who cares? You know, like yeah. that. That's basically what it turned into. Yeah, but. The great thing about John Mulaney's stand-up is he's he works in different styles. Like he, you could tell he's got the whole premise, joke, conclusion formula down for everything, and he and he works so many different ways into it. He uses a, a ton of references for just like I watch this movie, I watch this TV show, which is great because that is very tough to sell on an audience. Uh, usually, personal experiences work a lot more. And he's got those down, like any personal story he's got. That he's got that that entire formula working for him. He has such confidence and bravado whenever he does this. It, it, it almost comes off as sass. Like he mentions that people treat him almost like he's a gay guy. Like he's got that worked into him to where it just flows off the tongue when he when he tells these jokes. Like it's rehearsed beyond rehearsal is what he's got. Yeah, and he do something that I think the the best comedians do is the call back. Like yes. the, you know, we acting like some kids that doesn't have no horse to I'm messing up his joke, but that's it's a, perfect. It's, 
You did it exactly as he does it, Herman. Yeah. Uh, he just did the callback, and I just like I think the best comedians do that. Like I seen Chris Rock do it. I seen Kevin Hart do it. I just like those callbacks because it's just like you tie it into other jokes. You know, just right. I, I just think that's amazing because I can't do a callback. The the first year I went to the Moon Tower Festival in Austin. That's, that's strictly a festival that is nothing but stand up comedy. He was there, and he did forty five minutes on Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. And it was about him going to places in Austin that they filmed the exterior shots in Friday Night Lights and talking about how much of a creepoid he looked because these are active high schools that he was trying to go, hey, look, it's Friday Night Lights. So it's basically just an old dude really crushing on a school that could cause you to get a felony sort of thing. Like, that's yeah. basically... And he spent the entire time talking about it, and it was great. Because you're listening to a guy gushing about a show you may or may not have watched. I watched the movie. I never watched but, the show. But his enthusiasm is what causes you to enjoy him. Like, he's able to um, uh, make you uh, enjoy along with it. That's what the best comedians do, where they tell a story, and you don't feel like you can interject anything more into it. You just want to hear more of him talk about this story, because he's got it down. You want to know more. It's like a... Uh, one-worded conversation. Some comedians, it feels like you want to say something because they're going in a direction and it doesn't. You don't know where it's going, but you want to interject, and that's usually when hecklers happen, or you just have too much beer, so that sort of thing. You know, it's yeah. and and there are few comedians that can do that today. John Mulaney is one of those comedians, and he's one of those guys that has material that I love uh, to talk about with other people. Now, the title for this comes from one of the jokes that he has in the show mm-hmm. where he talks about somebody running into him, a homeless guy running into him, saying, mentioning one of the four things was um, new in town. Yeah. Would you say that is the best joke in that set? No, I wouldn't say it's the best I joke agree. in that set. I actually did like his... Uh... He's using it because it works like as an opener, like as a way, like when he did that uh, credit for like the yeah. fake sitcom that he was on. I like his interpretation of being a deaf comedy jam comedian and talking about Home Alone uh, 2, Lost in New York. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Right. Um, his best joke in that, and you cannot argue because personal opinions do not matter, his best joke that he has is him getting drunk. And the friends stealing all those portraits. Yeah. That uh, and yeah. the the title of that joke is the thing you cannot replace, and that probably works in 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 a title wise and in him, like John Mulaney, the thing you can't replace. Like it, it when that it would have been a better title. Yeah, for it. because that's him, and yeah. and without realizing it's yeah. part of the joke. Like it, I it works both both angles if you're going that way. It doesn't work for his first stand-up special because his best joke in that is the salt and pepper diner and going John Mulaney, the salt and pepper diner. That doesn't make any sense other than what's new pussycat, but that's just the title of a song, and that would cause even more confusion. So yeah, a bit, yeah, especially since he already said like people think he might be gay. So you know, why is that a gay thing? Tom Jones is not gay. He's not. He's gay for pussy. That's what he is. <laughs> Tom Jones is not gay. Yeah. You, in fact, you look up Tom Jones gay, and then at the bottom it will say, fuck no. <laughs> I don't know. You, oh, okay. I guess now we have to go in and infiltrate Tom Jones yes. to see if he's actually gay or not. Because Herman isn't sure. Are you sure you know who Tom Jones is? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He's Carden. 
He's Carlton? Yeah. Carlton dances to it. It's not unusual. That does not make him Carlton. You can't stare at me with that without saying anything. That doesn't work for this podcast. I think it works. No, it doesn't. But, uh, okay. Uh... I, I know John Mulaney from Big Mouth. Now, I have to ask, because I, I watched Big Mouth recently, two months ago, mm-hmm. and I thought it was hilarious. It took me a while to get used to it. It's all right. It, I thought, but I thought it was funny. How much of it was his work? Because I know Nick Kroll have a lot Yeah, of him and Nick Kroll have, have buddied Pro. up and done a lot of things now. They do this special. They, they were on Broadway for a while called Oh, Hello, where they play two old Jewish men mm-hmm. and talk about their uh, time on on Broadway. And it started out... Probably on Comedy Bang Bang, but it may have started out somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, it was a way for Mulaney to try something else and see if that worked because that was just another thing that he was trying to get himself into. And it was a sold out show whenever they did it, and they would get somebody famous to be like a special guest on there, and uh, and they would talk to him. The one thing that uh, I think it's still on Netflix, you can watch it. I think it's just called Oh Hello, and. Uh, they they brought Steve Martin up there and talked to him, but they they got a different guest every night. So if you went to the Broadway show, it would be the same show except they'd have a different guest in the middle. Okay. So so it was a way to keep it fresh, sort of thing, and uh, have a free form discussion with somebody for about ten fifteen minutes, and then have uh, re uh, like play stuff in between. So that's that's what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Nick Kroll is a guy that. Can or cannot be funny. He also had a TV show on for a while. He he has he has gotten more successful. He does a really good job playing a douche douchebag as he does in most things, mm-hmm. uh, and it works well for like the formula of them together. Like they they're not the same person. They're not, you you're not confusing them as like uh, the Scarborough twins. Like those guys is it Scarborough? Is that it? I'm probably saying their name wrong. The two guys that are twins that do comedy and they just kind of finish their other each other. The Lucas brothers? Yes, the Lucas brothers. Not the Lucas. Oh, now I've forgotten their name and I'm calling them Scarborough. Yeah, I'm sorry. But it's not Lucas. It's not Lucas Moving Company? No, they're they do like a sports show now. You're talking about the two black dudes, right? They're not black. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're two white guys. I'm talking about two black dudes then. But they're comedians, and they, they, they finish. And I'm calling them Scarborough, and everybody's like yelling. And then the four people that know what I'm talking about yeah. and, and know the correct answer, and I'm, I'm fucking up their names right Remember, now. Remember, Herman did not fuck this up because I was talking about the Lucas Brothers. Yes, yes. The ones from the... Um, they, were, if they were in Scott Pilgrim. You know whatever they were. Yes, for sure. But it wasn't in Scott Pilgrim. No. No. Not. No, Captain Brie Larson was. Captain Man. America was. Yeah, they had a ton of people that are actually... Yeah, they had Captain America, they had Superman. Yes. Yeah. Keep going. They had Captain Marvel. Uh-huh. Yes. And? Uh? 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 uh and? And? And, uh... Yes, and? I don't know. Oh. There was there was one more. I'm pretty sure there was one more, and I'm blanking on who it is, but I... know, I, uh, um, a participant in our podcast was in the movie, too. Annie Kendrick was in it. Yes. But I don't know what a superhero <laughs> character... Played. She participated in our podcast. Yes, she was in the movie that we talked about. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then that makes total sense. That's how you participate in our podcast. Yes, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You said there was another one though. Now you got me. Now you got me thinking about it. Now. Pretty sure there was. And oh yeah, Thomas Jane's in it. He's the Punisher. Thomas Jane was in it. Yeah, he was one of the vegan police. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, you don't remember him as one of the vegan I was, police? I remember the vegan police, and I you just I, saw the movie. I know, but now I was wondering why the vegan police got so much damn on um, screen time because I was like, why are these two 
um, <laughs> throwaway characters and just uh, on the camera slapping each other high fives and stuff. I'm like, come on. Yeah, there, there was a fourth because I was thinking that as a trivia question that, you know, one of those things uh, like Hatfield gets you in the mindset of trying to think of trivia questions. Yeah. And, and when you see Brie Larson and you see Brandon Routh, you're like, oh, and Chris Evans, you're like, oh, there might be another one. And then, then there, there you go. So that film is spawning so many superheroes. Yeah, when, once Anna Kendrick becomes Squirrel Girl, which is what everybody assumes is going to happen. Yeah. Like when they're hitting I the bottom about, of that barrel. What's funny yeah. was I was about to call her Squirrel Girl. That's what I was about to call her. Yeah. I think that would be a perfect role for her. So do you agree on changing both of the movie titles that we've had so far? Mm, yes. All right, good enough. That is what I will take. Uh, Herman, you want to address anything that's happening uh, coming up anytime soon? Um, uh, no, not right now. Did you know that the family dinner is going to be sponsoring a movie at the Louisiana International Film Festival? What movie will y'all be sponsoring? I don't remember. <laughs> wow, you got some good sponsorship. It's whatever comedy is about streaking. Uh, streaking? Yeah, yeah. You talking about the life story of Herman Omega Prime Davis? Yeah, 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 you're streaking. Sure yes, you are. I streak. Yes, I have did it plenty of times. No, funny story. You were a scarecrow. That, that, that's a, in our latest gridiron thing, but no, other than that. No, funny story was I, one time I said the bird. And I thought that the windows was tinted, and I just got the shower, and I was butt naked, and I walked in front of the window and stuff. And my date that night, she was like, "Um, uh, you know they could see you through that window, huh? I was like, no, they can't. No, they can't. So when we went down to the casino, I looked back up to the room because I, I, I said, you know, prove my point. I was like, I'm going to put this lamp right in front of the window, and I bet you won't be able to see it. So we went back and looked. I said, oh. You could see everything through that window. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that that counts as streaking. Yes. Herman's ignorance counts yes. as streaking, guys. There you go. There you we've, go. We've solved the formula. Yeah. There yeah. You go. Uh, but yeah, if you can't go to the Louisiana International Film Festival, there's plenty of great movies from overseas and local that you can go check out. And they'll be on Hulu in three months because so that service is so you, great. What's the movie you're sponsoring? <laughs> I don't remember. I said I don't remember, and I didn't look it up. Don't, I don't you, do this I, to me. I, I told you that horrible story just so you could look it up. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm not looking it up. They, they, they will be performing because I'll be over at the Overlook Film Festival, and uh, we've been given some time to be the improv group that performs at some point. Where and how long? To be determined. <laughs> but they're aiming for like the Friday, the 20th of, of April over there. Uh, but there are also times that we're going to be doing stuff at the Manship, of course, and uh, our next spoof night doesn't happen until July, so this podcast is irrelevant. <laughs> yes. Well, but, support our sister podcast, the Ray Stick Podcast in Dark. Please support them, because yes. they don't support us enough. No, they don't. No. We have not been on either one of those in no. a while, so no. I've never been on the Dark and, Podcast No, me neither. And Jeremy, I seen him at Curveside, and he was like... Yeah, yeah, I had, I had Evan on uh, the race stick, and we talked about the gridiron, but uh, I forgot to ask you and Rob if y'all want to come. I was <laughs> yeah, like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure, you okay, forgot. So. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. For another That Can Be Only One podcast, my name is Robert Rowe. Herman, the maker Prime Davis. Good night, everybody. I mean, you can talk now if you want to. <laughs> I, I didn't have it on, you right? have it on? Oh, snap. You, you notice I didn't make a move toward the mic whenever... I just sat down. I just was fiddling with a couple of things. You're like, I got this. Yes. I'm going to shine for once. Robert doesn't have to point out to me. When I have to talk, I'll talk when I feel like it. Woohoo! I'm walking on sunshine. It's all good. It's all good. Oh. One of the most played songs in the movie will be singing that, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, shoot. Man, it's been a while, huh? <laughs> it's been a while. 
Maybe, I guess. Uh, Maybe, yeah, not to the and you forgot that this was the, the warm up that'll be yeah, at the yeah, end yeah, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, I did see Logan Lucky, though. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a good movie. I, I liked the, um, the appearance of uh, your girl at the end. I don't know. Can I talk about it while I was <laughs> I hate to say names because people probably haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But uh, the, the, the FBI the, the FBI agent at the end. Yes. I like the hub here because I haven't seen it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you know she didn't have an arm? She, you know, she didn't have an arm. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, if you if you saw like that, that's how far she was going undercover. Like she had a, a fake arm on the on the table. Oh really? Yeah, that's why she was going to smooth up to Adam Driver at the end. Oh okay, okay. I'm guessing are they going to come out with a sequel because I would like to see the end of that. No, doubt it. Uh, it didn't do well enough. But knowing Soderbergh, he, he'll do whatever he wants to. He's got that film on Sane out right now. Mm-hmm. All that was shot on the uh, iPhone, so. He, had, he said he packed, he used everything, everything he used for the shoots, he could put in a backpack and travel with him. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the movie itself. They said it's very unnerving because it's, I don't know if you know anything about it. It's about a woman who gets locked up in an insane asylum and she's not insane. That's it. What's the movie? Unsane. Unsane. Yeah. It's very creative. Is it kind of like the guy with it's the It's called New in Town. How did you know? <laughs> it's kind of like the guy with the Florida Project and Tangerine. The streamers movies with iPhone 6s and shit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> did he shoot Florida Project on, on a phone as well? He just did it for Tangerine. I don't, I don't think he did it for iPhone. Well, I know one, one scene where he went into, um, you know, um, into the Magic Kingdom? Yeah. Do you realize how many people put out their phone and they don't give a fuck over there? Yeah. Like, so bigger equipment doesn't matter? Like, they, they don't mind. There's so many videos you can see online on YouTube of people going into Disney World that uh, an extra one of those is not going to, like, get them suspicious about getting, what's going on. I thought they was getting sued about that. Who? Uh, Father Project for doing that. They don't care. Okay. That makes that make more sense. Cause this, that's Never heard about the movie The World of, uh, the, uh, the World of Tomorrow where, like, they shot an entire movie in Disney World? No. Yeah, and it was supposed to be, like, some big deal because Disney was a whole, totally against them. They don't care. No, they even use like they even use uh, a Mickey Mouse glove in the poster as a way to taunt them to like come after us, bro. And they're like, whatever, who cares? That was supposed to be their big deals. Like we're showing a movie that was shot entirely in the Magic Kingdom. And they're like, eh, whatever. A lot of people do that anyway. Who cares? All right, 